We'll be in Exodus 15, finishing it up this evening. Starting in verse 22 through verse 27. Exodus 15, 22 through 27. While everybody's turning. Anybody been watching the Olympics the last few days? There's some good stuff on there. I, me and Michelle watch it. It's some of that stuff that's boring to me, but some of it's kind of interesting to me. It's a couple of those things, so that I think anybody in the world could do like that that skeleton. Have y'all heard seen that? Yeah. Where they get on that little thing and it's like yeah. you could you could just grab some that's one of the few sports you could grab somebody off the street, just throw them on there and just hold on. <laughs> And you're watching them guys and like, oh, did you see the way he pointed his toes? And it's like, huh? <laughs> like, it just looks like they're holding on for dear life. But they're doing something. They're going fast. Bless their heart. And those guys that come down on them skis and jump so far, it's unbelievable, really, the, the talent people have. It is, it is I, I hate to use the word miracle, but it really is amazing what people can do. Anyway, that's just a go home, watch the Olympics tonight. It's, it's good stuff. All right, Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 through 27. We've covered a lot of stuff in these, in these last few weeks. I mean, you think about where we started. We started with God's people uh, leaving uh, the land of Canaan and that area and coming to, to uh, Egypt and all the things that have taken place with Moses and uh, Pharaoh and Moses' journey away and Moses' journey back and the people's journey and the plagues and the Red Sea and... Boy, we have seen a lot of stuff transpire on this journey of the Israelites. And, and, and through the last, or the first 15 chapters of Exodus, we have seen a lot of stuff take place. And there's still a lot of stuff to come. And we're going to uh, talk about a little bit more tonight. So we'll start in verse 22. Then Moses led Israel on from the Red Sea, and they went out to the wilderness of Shur. They journeyed for three days in the wilderness without finding water. They came to Marah, but they could not drink the water at Marah because it was bitter. That is why it was named Marah. The people grumbled to Moses, What are we going to drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he threw it into the water, the water became drinkable. He made a statue and ordinance for them at Marah, and he tested them there. He said, If you will carefully obey the Lord your God, do what is right in his eyes, pay attention to his commands, and keep all his statutes, I will not inflict any illness on you that I inflicted on the Egyptians, for I am Yahweh who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy date palms, and they camped there by the waters. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that you help us to get some good from your word tonight. I pray that you can help uh, what, what's going on here with your people just to kind of soak in in our life and let us see their situation. But dear Lord, let these words speak to our hearts and apply to our own situation. So God, I pray that as we look at these words tonight that you just would help us to get them, to understand them, dear Lord. And just let there be something in here that we need to hear, dear Lord. You know our hearts. You know our walk with you. You know our situation. You know what's going on in our lives, God, and it's different for all of us. So let your word speak to us in the way that we need to hear tonight. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. What we will notice and have noticed up until this point of, of, of Exodus and will continue to notice uh, throughout Exodus is it's kind of like a roller coaster with God's children. There are lots of ups and downs. There are lots of good things that happen to them. 
but yet they were very quick to forget. They are very quick to begin to grumble. That's a word that we see repeatedly here in the book of Exodus, is that God's people begin to grumble. And that's a good word to describe uh, Israel uh, as, as God is leading them through the wilderness, as God is trying to bring them into the promised land. They are grumblers. Now, I think that it, it would behoove us to take a look at our own life and see if we ever grumble a little bit about what God has done or what God has not done in our life. Uh, oftentimes, we are a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type of people. Just yesterday, Michelle and I were in Baton Rouge, and we met this wonderful guy. He was a Philadelphia Eagles fan. But he was, already, he was saying, boy, ain't it good that we won? Ain't it exciting? I was like, yeah, it's great. And then right after that, he said, and they better keep doing good next year because if, if they come back next year and don't do good, we're not going to have any of that. Uh, he, he's, he's already forgot the Super Bowl. You won one, now we want another. It's what have you done for me lately? He said, what they did last year ain't going to matter next year. And that's true. Sometimes we, we have that attitude. We, we go for a time with whatever it may be in our life and things aren't as good as we think they should be. And we begin to grumble. And that's exactly what happened with God's people. They had just been led across the parting of the Red Sea on dry ground. Let's not forget what they had come from. This took place not long after that. They had just finished praising God at the beginning of chapter 15. And here at the end of chapter 15, it says, Then Moses led Israel on from the Red Sea, and they went out to the wilderness of Shur. They journeyed for three days in the wilderness without finding water. Now, we can understand that, imagine if you're in a, a desert area, okay? You, you need water to drink. The human body, in harsh conditions, cannot last more than about three days. Now, in ideal conditions, if the temperature is not too hot and you're not sweating, you're not exerting a lot of energy, human body can last six to seven days. But in extreme conditions, in extreme heat in particular, uh, the human body can't last more than two or three days without water. Uh, you, you begin to dehydrate. It has all kind of effects on your blood pressure. And pretty soon, you just die. You need water to be sustained. And here were the Israelites. They were on their third day without water. Now, you would think that after seeing all that God has done, that they would be just saying, okay, come on, Lord, help us out. We, we're trusting you. We're not going to worry about it. We know you didn't bring us out here to die, God. We're going to trust what you're doing. And here they're on the brink of, of death, really, if they don't get some water. And that's where we see uh, what we see in verse 22. In verse 23, they came to Marah, but they could not drink the water at Marah because it was bitter. That is why it was named Mar. So there was something in the water there. There was something that made it undrinkable. Something that was there that if they would have drank it, it probably would have made them sick. Uh, and so they weren't able to drink the water there. So imagine this. You've been waiting for days for water, and you finally come to a place where there's water, and then you can't even drink the water. So you can kind of, you can kind of imagine the tension, the, the frustration that must be building up upon God's people. Now, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of people here, possibly even into the millions of people that would have been wandering around out here, and all this time they had been looking for water. They find it. They can't even drink it. Verse 24, The people grumbled to Moses, What are we going to drink? So then they begin to grumble to Moses. What are we going to do, Moses? Here we are, out here in the middle of the wilderness, hadn't drunk anything in three days, what are we going to do? So he, Moses, cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. 
When he threw it into the water, the water became drinkable. Now, how God made this happen, I don't know. I don't know how God made that happen. That's kind of a strange text, right? I don't know how God revealed that to Moses, that he needed to throw that tree into the water. We don't have the details other than when, when uh, Moses prayed to God, God revealed to him or showed him in some way that tree and that he needed to throw that tree into the water. Now, there are some who, who have come up with scientific explanations as to how the tree may have disturbed the water and some of the impurities in the water may have sunk to the bottom. There are some theories uh, about how that could have taken place naturally or it could have just taken place supernaturally. That is, God called Moses to do something. In faith, Moses followed through with what God called him to do. And as a result, God took care of the people. Now, we, we see that time and time again uh, with God's people. Uh, sometimes God calls people to do things and they don't do it. And as a result, they don't get the blessing that God wants to get them. We talked about an example I don't remember when it was, a couple weeks ago, we talked about Naaman from 2 Kings 5 when he went to Elisha, and Elisha told him to go wash in the Jordan River, and he didn't do it, and as a result, he wasn't healed. When he finally did what he was supposed to do, guess what? He was healed. Here we have a good example of Moses, as odd as it may seem. I mean, even Moses, it doesn't tell us what he thought here, but I know what I would have thought. I would have thought, well, God, we're here, and we need water, and you're pointing out a tree to me. What's that got to do with anything? And that, that, that's a good reminder to us that, that God's ways may not always make perfect sense to us. Now, maybe Moses had full faith and didn't question it. But in my life, and maybe in your life too, God may reveal something to you or point something out to you or put something in your path, and it doesn't really make sense to you, and so you don't, you don't listen to what God's telling you because you don't see how the pieces line up. You don't see how the puzzle fits together. And, but we've got to remember, I, I think our, our, our life and our Christian life, I should say, is kind of like a big puzzle. And we don't, see, we don't see the big picture. We don't see the picture on the front of the box. See, God sees the whole picture of how everything is played out from beginning to end. But we don't get to see the, the whole picture. We, don't, we get to see pieces here and there. We get to see this piece and that piece. But we don't get to see the big picture. We don't know how everything is going to connect. But God does, and so when he puts something crazy on our heart or mind to do, like throw a tree in the, in, the, in the body of water like he did for Moses here, sometimes God's ways are not, uh, doesn't make sense to us because he's God and he's a little, his ways are a little higher than, than our ways. But Moses uh, saw the tree, threw it into the water, and then the water became drinkable. He made a statute and ordinance for them at Marah, and he tested them there. He said, if you will carefully obey the Lord your God, do what is right in his eyes, pay attention to his commands, and keep all his statutes, I will not inflict any illness on you that I inflicted on the Egyptians, for I am Yahweh who heals you. Now God is making a promise to the people here. Now this is a conditional promise. God doesn't say, I'm just going to be with you, do what you want to do. He says, no, I'm going to make a promise to you. If you will be obedient to me, if you will listen to me, if you do what I say, God was telling them, Every, everywhere I'm going to put you, everything I'm going to lead you to do is going to be for your own good. And if you will be obedient to me, if you don't turn to the other gods you're going to encounter, if you don't, uh, if you don't uh, throw me to the wayside, if you don't, if you don't uh, pick and choose what you're going to listen to, but if you listen to everything that I tell you to do, if you stick closely to me, if you praise me, if you keep me first, God says, I'm going to take care of you. 
He says, I'm not going to allow the things that happened to Egypt. He said, those things that I did to them, the diseases, the things that were inflicted on the Egyptians, God says, I'm not going to do that to you. Now, that's a, pretty good, that's a pretty good deal that God made. And like when God makes a deal, like he, he, he's going to stand up to his side of the deal. It's not like human beings. Sometimes maybe we've encountered people that we've made a deal with and they didn't hold up their side of the bargain. Perhaps we've been that one that made a deal and we didn't hold up our side of the bargain. But when we see God making a deal, when we see God making a promise, that'd be a better word than deal. When we see God making a promise to us, we know that God is going to stand behind that promise. And he made a promise to the Israelites here. Look, he had just took care of them. Sure, it seemed like at the very end, at the very last second, when they were at death's door, and if they didn't get any water, it was going to be over. And at the very end, when it seemed like all hope was lost, God provided the water that they needed. Isn't it interesting how God oftentimes seems to do that in our life? At the last second, when we get to the lowest of the lowest spot, uh, in Lamentations uh, 3, we read that a few weeks ago, and we didn't cover this, this verse, but at the end of that, uh, Jeremiah talks about feeling like he's at the pit. He's at the lowest of the lowest spot, and that's when God finally came to him, and God was there for him. And isn't it, isn't it somehow, it seems like almost always that that's how God works. When it seems like that there is no more hope, that that's when God takes care of us. It's, it's, it's as if God is testing us or, or God is building our faith. God is seeing if we are going to trust him. And here we have right at the last minute, but God came through and God provided for his people. And here we see in verse 22, or excuse me, verse 27. Then they came to Elam where, they were where there were 12 springs of water and 70 date palms and they camped there by the waters. Not only did God provide a little bit of water for them, but here we see an abundance described here in the next verse. There were 12 springs of water at the next place they came to. There were 70 date trees where they came to. And that's a good reminder of us that when God provides for us, it may not always be in a timely manner. As we're going to see next week, it may not always be exactly what we're wanting, but God always provides and sometimes there are seasons that are kind of low for us where it may seem like God is not meeting our needs as quick as we need Him to. But we want to make sure that we don't fall into the category of being grumblers. And that's easier said than done. I don't stand here and say that to you tonight because I have mastered it and I'm your pastor and I'm telling you that if you hadn't got there that you're, you're a heathen. Now, that's not what I'm saying. I say that in all humility because I'm on the journey just like you are. I'm a grumbler just like you are. I don't want to be a grumbler, but, but as I read God's Word, this is a good reminder to me. It's encouraging to me, one, to know that, look, there are ups and downs in life. And sometimes I need to be reminded that God is going to provide for me, that God is going to take care of me. You know, oftentimes when I read verses like this, uh, I, I, I kind of always want to look at it in a spiritual sense. What is God spiritually saying? But, you know, there's, a, there's a, real, a, a real physical sense that we can look at these verses, too. We talked about this last week, that sometimes uh, we, we may miss things that other people uh, may jump out to them. Usually when it talks about needing water or needing food, I don't, I don't really think about the physical part of those verses because I've got plenty of food. I've got plenty of water. But, you know, you, you look at the people had a real genuine physical need, not just in a spiritual sense, but in a physical sense. They needed water to survive. Perhaps there are some of you here that, 
that needs something to survive. And I'm not talking spiritual. I'm talking about a physical need. Maybe there are some in our church. Maybe there are some that you know that have a physical need. And we need to, we need to, to, to bring God's love to them and meet their needs, but also let them know that God is going to take care of them. Just as God took care of his people in these verses, God is going to take care of us. And I encourage you, I beg you, please, if you have a need or know somebody in the community that has a need, please let me know. Because we have an obligation, and I think God has given us the privilege to help meet those needs. And so we don't want to miss, miss, miss some of the physical here, some of the physical blessing that God gave to the people that he wants to give to people in our area today through us, not by anything we do, but, but, but through him. And so we don't want to miss the physical needs sometimes too, uh, along with the, the importance of the spiritual needs here. So we need to look at our life and we need to examine it. We need to say, hey, am I, am I a grumbler? Am I, a, am I in a what have you done for me lately type of, type of attitude? And it's easy, at least for me sometimes, to get that way. When things are going good, it is so good, but I am so quick to forget. I am so quick to grumble. I am so quick to, oh, oh, it's me. I'm just, I'm pitiful. It's over. Everything's, everything's downhill especially in football season, you can ask Michelle, that gets me down worse than anything else. Like if, it, if it's like a bad play in the second quarter, it's like I'm turning off the TV, it's over, it's done. We're, you know, and I, and I need to do better at that because I, you know, I, I have a bad attitude and I, and I grumble. And that's kind of a, a funny thing to laugh at. But, but you know, there are serious areas in our life too where maybe things aren't, aren't lining up just the way that we want them to line up. But we can't forget what God has done for us. First and foremost, we've got salvation and we've got grace and we've got mercy through Jesus Christ. And that's all we, that's all we, we don't deserve it, but what more do we need? But isn't God cool that not only does he give us grace and mercy, but he does su supply our needs and he does provide for us and he does do for us and he does deliver us from our, from our scary situations, from our hard days, from our sicknesses, from, from our worries, from our fears, from all of these things that we, that we fight against so oftentimes that are, that are struggles for us, you know, on those bad seasons in our life. God is, he oftentimes, well, always in my life, he's brought me through. And it's not always as quick as I want. It's not always in the way that I want or that I think it needs to be. But God is always faithful to deliver. But we don't want to find ourselves being like these Israelites that grumble. Up one day, we're happy, we're praising the Lord, and down the next day, we can learn from their mistakes. And there may be something in our life today that we just need to give to the Lord and we need to say, God, I'm sorry for grumbling and help me get through this. And oftentimes we may find, just like the Israelites, that, yeah, God is right there and he's going to be there to bless us and take care of us at the end, over and above anything we could ever imagine. Let's pray. God, we come to you tonight and we thank you for these words and I pray that you help us to see the, the seriousness here. You know, we talk about grumbling and... and God, we're probably all guilty of that at some point in time, so help us not to be those who grumble. Help us not to be those that are quick to forget. But God, I pray that we're those that your word is always in our heart and our mind, that we're always remembering the, the encouragement your word brings, the correction your word brings, the love that your word brings, dear Lord. Help us to, 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 be, to be reminded of, of where we've come from, dear Lord, as sinners, to where we are as your children, and help us to just take some, some comfort in that, dear Lord. So help us to get through those tough times, those tough seasons where it feels like we're kind of in a pit of despair, where it feels like we're, we're all hope is lost, dear Lord. Help us to, to seek you and turn to you, dear Lord, and call out to you. And I pray that you just would, 
reveal to us, just as you revealed to Moses, what, what you need us to do, dear Lord. Maybe those areas of weakness, those areas of, of, of doubt, whatever it may be, dear Lord, so that we can see those things in our life that we need to, to do to call out to you, to seek you, God, so that we can be delivered. Dear Lord, there may be some, some spiritual waters of bitterness in our life, dear Lord, and we want to be made sweet. Maybe there are some in here today that are just struggling. I pray that you just would help them to seek you, and I pray that you'd bring them comfort and, and uh, deliver them from their situation. God, maybe there are some in here uh, that are like the, uh, the Israelites, dear Lord. There's some real physical need that they have. Maybe there are some in this body that aren't here tonight, dear Lord, but there's some physical need. They're, 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 they're lacking for food or for water or for whatever it may be, God. Help us to see those, those people. Help us to encounter those people. Help those people to come to us and, and ask for help, dear Lord. Help us to, to be willing to, to step out and find those and help those that, that we can, God, so we can show them your love and that you are the great provider. And just as you provided for your people here in these verses, dear Lord, you provide for us today. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.